everyone. Welcome to this episode of Talking Out About. I have been joined by the lovely Sarah today. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hiya. It's lovely to have you on. I am just going to warn listeners that my brain is on a bit of a wobble today. So if I suddenly start talking funny and you're like, what is going on? I promise I haven't inhaled the context, contents of a helium balloon. I'm just having a weird brain moment. Just, it will be fine. So, Sarah, thanks yep. for coming on and talking to me. Um, so I guess we'll just start right at the beginning. What, what kind of brings you into the world of FND? Well... Mine all sort of started, I, um, I've i always had pain in my neck mm. and I later found out that it, I've got disprotrusions in my neck so that's where that was coming from. Mm. But um, I was just quite happily brushing my teeth one day and then I felt all of the muscles kind of locked up and I collapsed and then um, by the time the ambulance crew had sort of come, I couldn't feel my, my legs oh, properly my anymore. No. So um, obviously taken off to hospital and then from there I kind of had the um, the tremors and my speech would, would go. Mm. All the, the chronic pain started. Yeah. So but, um, how, sorry. how long ago was that, sorry? That was in December 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah had an MRI done and everything but only the, the spine at that point because obviously mm. they thought it was something to do with my spine mm. but uh yeah I wasn't too long having to wait to find out what it was it was only a couple of months well, that's, but that's pretty quick actually yeah yeah compared to to some other poor people but mm. um yeah so I was I was very lucky in that respect mm. I think I know that I was quite lucky as well that I got diagnosed within a couple of months. But I know that there are others who wait sometimes a year or so to get a diagnosis, which just seems bonkers. It does. Um, that that you can be in that state of not knowing for so long. And when you're not knowing what's going on with your body and your body's doing some really weird things, it's quite scary to not have a name for it and be able to understand it yeah definitely because even I mean those two months felt like a lifetime (laughs) when you you don't know what's going on and you're you're just so confused because nothing's coming up on these tests and you think well what's wrong with me why can't I walk anymore yeah so it was your so you had the um so you had the pain and the muscle spasms and then did you lose the walk pretty soon after yeah yeah because I've where I've had these issues with my neck quite often I wake up in the morning and would have had the muscle spasms in the night but haven't Mm. felt it and then I can't I can't move my neck Mm. but this time I think actually having felt it happen it obviously shocked me and I kind of tried to to go against it to stop it but I made it downstairs oh well done you yeah, to get to my parents to sort of say like something's happening, mm. and then that was that was when I collapsed, and it wasn't until the ambulance crew kind of were testing my feet that I was said I can't feel you touching them. Mm. That must have been a very scary um, period of time, not only for you but for your parents as well to see that happen in front of them. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when the speech starts to go as well. Yeah. And you just you just have no clue what's going on. Yeah. So when you're uh, cuz my speech also goes, uh when your speech goes, how how does it go? Do you just do you, is it a stutter? Is it that you miss certain sounds? What how is it that yours presents? It's usually a stutter. Mm. Um or not being able to actually find the word mm. or, or even having the word in my head but not <laughs> remembering how to say it out loud <laughs> I get that one <laughs> yeah I get that one that, that, it's I, very, I fully it's very frustrating that. <laughs> I uh I, I had a, a bit of a relapse the other weekend and I forgot the word for car um and it became the thing on wheels oh wasn't very helpful because obviously there are many things on wheels but it was the best I could do to get to roughly where I wanted it to be um yeah you know, absolutely. I couldn't find the word for car our brains are marvellous I know I was talking to my sister about taking my niece to a, a um aquarium and I couldn't remember the word aquarium so I just went with fish museum <laughs> she was like you mean an aquarium <laughs> I, I like that though. I think it should be a fish museum. I think I've heard that actually. I think that should be the new the new phrasing, not not aquarium. It should be fish museum. <laughs> That's what we call it now, anyway. <laughs> I think it's funny, isn't it, that you you kind of all of a sudden your brain just goes, you know what? You get to miss out half the English language. You don't get any of it. You can yeah. make these these certain noises and these certain sounds, but the rest of it you, you're not allowed to have. Just make up your own language. I I, I feel like I, I know for me at one point I actually just started using sign language because it was so much easier than trying to talk because it took so much out of me to even say like hello. I just ended up signing. I don't know much sign language, but I picked up enough that I could communicate enough to yeah. around me. Um, oh, it's a handy thing to have. <laughs> It's things like, you know, I'm sorry, or I ended up coming up with my own symbols for, like food and being hungry and sleep. It was it was a whole other language that only me and my uh, my husband knew <laughs> what it was about, but it worked for us, so it was fine. Oh, whatever uh, works for you. In, indeed, you've got to find the positives in this F&D. Uh, yeah. So if it's that I have my own language, I'm going to run with that. Um, <laughs> so you had your, you collapsed, your, your, you lost feeling in your feet your speech when what happened then after when you were admitted into hospital they did tests on you what happened afterwards yeah so I was released that day mm. and um I saw like a a spine specialist a couple of weeks later mm. who looked at the MRI and said you know nothing was showing up so they wanted a a brain scan instead mm. Um, and then I was just waiting for that. And it was, like I say, those two months of just being unable to kind of do anything. And I'd gone from, because I was a community care worker, mm. being that person who like cares for everyone to being the person who was cared for. Mm. And it was such a, a switch. And then um, one day that pain level just rose and I was admitted to hospital. And that's when I had more tests done just to, to like rule out MS and Parkinson's and mm -hmm. everything. And uh, so a couple of weeks in hospital and then I got the, the FND diagnosis. 
Oh, so you, you had a, a stay in hospital whilst they were doing tests and stuff? For yeah. Yeah, well, I was at, I was at one hospital and then transferred to another one where they could do where they actually had a uh, neurology ward. Yeah. So they could do a few more in-depth things. That is the issue as well. It's it's kind of a bit of a a postcode lottery in that not all hospitals have a neurology department, so not all of them can kind of do everything they need to do in order to help get that diagnosis. Yeah. And you, yeah. it's a case of, well, if you're in a place where you've got that neurology department, maybe you are slightly more fortunate than those without because potentially you'll get passed from pillar to post in the process because they don't have an in-house one. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a difference when I went to this new, well, this other hospital mm. that the next day, because I spent a week in one where I was just, I couldn't get out of the bed at mm. all. And then the first day of being in this other one where the the neurophysio came round hmm. and would actually help me out of bed and to manage enough to walk down to the shower room so I could have a shower hmm. and back again. And, you know, it was just such a relief to actually think, yeah, th- this is where I'm going to get my answers. Yeah, I think that's what um, is good, isn't it? Like you you find it can be something really small and to some people that getting out of bed is such a normal thing that actually when it's taken away from you you're like how what what do I do now like I can't I can't get up um but to have that sense of normality come back a bit with being able to get out of bed it must have helped to restore kind of a bit of positivity for you yeah Um, it, it will be fine yeah yeah, because then it was like a few days of physio there and then I was able to kind of get up and just walk around the ward myself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, other patients on there are like, oh, she's doing it. And it's nice to have those people that are kind of rooting for you as well. Yeah, I think that's the um, that's the lovely thing about connecting with people that are not necessarily that have the same diagnosis, but that are in a similar position. Like everyone's like really supportive of each other like we all want each other to succeed and do well and make steps and it kind of helps motivate you to keep going doesn't it on like your darkest of days you're like oh no it's fine like they did it yesterday I'll I'll try it today and that team (laughs) morale kind of comes absolutely yeah because when I actually got the diagnosis and I was happy to have it and then I sort of phoned my family and and told them and obviously they were asking questions that I couldn't answer because I didn't I didn't know anything really about it mm. and um, I just remember laying in the hospital bed just crying and one of the other patients actually coming over to me and you know sort of saying like you just got to give it some time yeah. and you know just let it sink in. So yours was a feeling of relief when you got your diagnosis? Yeah it was relief slash confusion at the <laughs> same time but um, because the way they put it was very much a you're going to recover from this and I know Mm. they they kind of need to give you that positive start Mm. so that that's the mindset you're in Mm. um but after well it's you know it's been I don't know how many what almost three years now and uh I've had more symptoms happen since then so I kind of left and they were like, oh, within three weeks, you'll be walking without your stick and everything. 
and then oh, things wow. just declined. Oh, okay. So that's a very different experience to the one I had then because I deteriorated very quickly and lost quite a lot quite quickly. And then I was told that once I had the diagnosis, my deterioration would stop. Um, I, wouldn't pick up any, I wouldn't pick up any new ones, but I might, I'd have to still deal with the ones I had, but I wouldn't pick up any new symptoms because I'd had the diagnosis. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that you almost had it the other way. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, because I, I, I kind of, I, as I say, I went back to the hospital sort of three weeks later just to see the physio there. Hmm. And they kind of said, you know, you're not going to need any aids to help you walk and stuff. Yeah. And to begin with, I I did, I just stuck with the, the walking stick, but eventually I realised how much pain that was putting on my neck and my spine. Yeah which was making everything else worse. Mm. And uh, eventually I, I I hired a wheelchair to begin with because I was very reluctant to get one. <laughs> I, I, I was the same. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's, there's, there's something about wheelchairs, isn't there? Yeah, it's just taking that step, isn't it? Because it's like once once you you start it, you don't know how you're going to feel. Yeah. But I just, I loved it because then it was a self-propelled one so I could kind of do most of it myself mm. and it was just that little bit of independence and it takes all of that well not all of it but that extra pain away mm. so if I was out on a day out you know you can actually stay out for longer and enjoy it mm. yeah I, I um I don't remember most of my time in my wheelchair um but I know I found it really awkward um and I don't think I quite knew how to like get on with it <laughs> yeah um, like I I never I was never able to push myself in it I always had to be pushed um and I think maybe that didn't help but this, the fact that you had like your independence back yeah uh, yeah definitely really helpful for you yeah and must have made a huge difference because with the the, the first wheelchair as I say I was started off just in the transit one when it all started because I didn't think obviously I was going to need it yeah. for longer and then I hired this self-propelled one and eventually got one for myself because it was just so much better yeah. but then I found my hands were starting to cramp quite a lot yeah. because of having to do that and um, last year I bought a motorized one Ooh. so uh, it's just a just a little joystick on the side so I can maneuver myself around and it's only the only time someone because you can switch it to like manual as well so you can be pushed in it hmm. um the only time I've had to have that done is when I've been out and had a seizure and then can't actually do that myself so it's good it's got that option but otherwise it's um a big step forward for me to have that yeah so you said you have seizures are they um non-epileptic seizures or um <clears throat> epileptic seizures non-epileptic ones ah you're a yeah. non-epileptic as well yeah oh. yeah well, I, had, <laughs> I know I had the I think it was the EEG thing done where they kind of flash you with all these lights but it's like a 20 minute test and of course mm. nothing happened mm. but I thought 
you know, you, you, then I guess maybe if you are a politic, that could set something, that would set something off more yeah. likely to. But um, otherwise, with the, the seizures, it's kind of like, because to begin with, I was having like 30 a day. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. obviously that was pretty rough and it was just kind of, wow, it, it's part of FND. Mm. but it's so scary <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what my body is doing but make it stop <laughs> I, I mean that's yeah it's um it's it's just there's a it's, oh, it's just bonkers that world of the um non-epileptic attacks like I find that I get more sensitive with flashing lights and stuff and I'm like mm, nope mm-hmm. I'm going to have to close my eyes and not stare at that because that makes me go all funny. And I'm like, no, this is not happening. I'm in the middle of a theatre. Do not do this to me. This is not the appropriate time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you, like, feel yours coming on? Yeah, I sometimes, it's even, like, a couple of hours beforehand, I get this, just this, like, a stomach drop. Mm. And it's like, I I feel like something is... is going to happen today and sometimes it doesn't mm. but then I, I get about usually 20 seconds before one actually occurs of um just general twitching like in my in my neck and my spine mm. and that's when I you know I know something's about to happen but um yeah so you don't really get too long that say 20 seconds before you try and get yourself <laughs> in a safe position yeah, I get a little like weird sensation behind my knees. All right. And I'm like, mm. and I tend, I get a weird sensation behind my knees, or I te- or I will choose to sit on the floor. If I'm choosing to sit on the floor, I know something bad's about to happen. Yeah. I don't sit on the floor normally, <laughs> but the fact I'm choosing to go to the floor, or I start taking off like jewelry, I have a weird like I'm like I start taking off jewelry and I start like moving things. Obviously trying to make myself safe yeah um, but I'm not clocking that that's why I'm doing it until I'm like oh I'm dead fishing marvelous that's <laughs> great um but it's, it's very scary isn't it to to have one and you're you're completely at the mercy of your body yeah yeah exactly because it, it's very strange to be able to hear what's going on around you mm. and but not respond to it and just I mean I I find a lot of time when I'm having one if someone's kind of like telling me to breathe like match their breathing and you know breathe in and through your nose out through your mouth eventually I can concentrate on that and and match it and it calms me down so you so you're aware of what's going on even if you can't talk during yeah yeah I I, my eyes is shut but um I can still hear everyone around me yeah yeah see my sometime i am i am normally very i'm normally aware of what is going on um and i can actually talk to people through them um i mean it sounds very disjointed because i'm shaking but i can talk back and say like keywords like i'm too hot or oh wow feet or something to like tell someone i've also found that if people make me laugh I get back quicker oh right I decide it quicker so if they're joking around and like um 
telling me a joke or I think someone actually played me a clip of a comedian at one point when I was having one that distraction really helps me and I can come out of it a lot quicker than um anything else I found yeah oh that's Um, interesting yeah so it's just something like I know that for me I need to be distracted if you talk about it with me whilst it's happening um I can't gain the control back as quickly yeah because you're focusing on it yeah if you distract me if you talk about weird and wonderful things I've had all sorts of weird and wonderful conversations whilst I've been on the floor um (laughs) it tends to help just take like that pressure that invisible pressure off it and it's I'm not paying it as much attention even though I'm flailing around yeah off for me um so so have you had is it been three years for you or is it coming up to three years um it's I think it's been three years so it was January 2019 I was diagnosed so yeah it's just we're we're pretty much anniversary buddies because I started I first had symptoms at the end of January 2019 oh right oh wow (laughs) so we are pretty much anniversary buddies (laughs) that's what I'm gonna go with (laughs) Um, so in the past three years then you've you've had hospital stays and things like that have you what other services have you been able to have access to have you had access to anything that's been really helpful yeah I um I had a neurophysio Mm. um which I didn't start until the December of that year so obviously Mm. it took took a while to get through but blessing when I first went in there he was seeing like three patients at one go so I was you know understood why it took so long to to get to see him yeah but um I really appreciated it because he just it was the first person that I'd spoken to since my diagnosis that understood and would would actually tell me you know not to push myself and just do a little bit at a time Mm. um but then obviously shortly after that um, the pandemic happened and yeah. I couldn't couldn't see him and it was just through video calls yeah and then uh that January I also had group CBT oh okay which again was really helpful to connect with others that are going through the same thing as as I was so and was a group of patients with FND yeah yeah oh. it was so it was really nice to kind of share experiences hmm. and uh then I had, I think that that lasted for about six weeks. And then I did six weeks of just one-on-one mm. of CPT. And I, I, I did find it helpful, mm. but I, it didn't necessarily improve my symptoms, but I got a few techniques out of it, like, um, like the finger tapping to kind of calm myself down. Yeah. I use that, that quite frequently. Mm. I actually used that funnily after a seizure. Mm. I, um, came around and I couldn't talk and it was about two weeks where I just I could not talk at all and I found that if I put a song on that I knew shut my eyes and did my finger tapping I could sing to the song as soon as I opened my eyes I couldn't do it how weird yeah but that eventually got me talking again because it's kind of almost like you just found your voice because it's so weird not being able to talk (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I get that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I get that one. The group CBT isn't something I've 
um, come across before. Would you mind telling me a bit more about it? You don't have to go into any specific detail, just generally how it worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to begin with, I, I went just for an assessment to kind of see if that would be good for me. And then um, the first, I mean, well, a lot of it was kind of teaching you about FND. Mm. So we were learning the different different parts of it. And then, um, as I say, you're allowed to, to kind of share as much as you wanted to, or, you know, you don't have to say anything at all, mm. just listen in. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of learning mm. about why this is happening to your body and, and you know, that it's okay, that it's, it's quite common, more common than you would realise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say it was it was very helpful to to hear professionals kind of talking to you about it as well in such in depth way. So when they were talking, because I always I, I like to ask this question: How do you describe FND to people when they say, "Oh, what?" and you go, "Oh, I have FND," and they go, oh, "What's that?" How do you describe it to people? I generally just go with it's. Um, my brain not sending the right signals through my nervous system mm. and then would say kind of lead into like the symptoms that I have. Yeah. I, I find when I'm um, out quite often and, or ha- had found that, and strangers would come up to me and sort of say, Oh, what, why are you, you know, in, in a chair mm. at such a young age? And as soon as I kind of say, Oh, it's a neurological condition, they just walk off. <laughs> <laughs> and they oh. don't want to know anymore I was like oh, okay just because oh. I, I don't have much more of a story like I haven't broken anything I haven't had an operation mm. but yeah I have a thing in my brain that, that does weird things sometimes yeah <laughs> that, that's something I I know when I was first diagnosed I found it really hard to accept it um and I just couldn't it was it was trying to explain it to people but it would just be simpler if I'd broken my leg and I had a funny walk because I'd broken my leg. Yeah. Try and explain something that's inside your own head that no one can necessarily see. It's not like you've got a cast on your foot or on your arm or anything. Like yeah. it makes it so much harder to try and explain and people do find it like, no, I don't want to say weird. Um, they, they find it scary, I think yeah definitely because unknown yeah yeah because they've not yeah it's the first they've ever sort of heard of it Mm. it's unknown and it's it it changes so quickly so without warning that you're you're kind of just waiting for it to go you know what today I'm going to go away or today I'm going to be here constantly and you're not going to be able to forget me yeah it's a needy mistress, is FND. It just likes the attention. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a funny, fickle thing. Um, <laughs> it's hard to make any solid plans with it. <laughs> it, it. It really is. You can try with the best will in the world, but some days it's just not going to happen. Right. Like, you're lucky if I manage to get myself dressed with the clothes on the right way around, let alone anything else. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> let's not aim too high. <laughs> So you had the group CBT, then you had the individual CBT. Are you a, have you been able to go back to physio or is it still 
off the cards with COVID? Um, well, I, I have seen him since, but unfortunately he got a different job in another hospital. Ah. So, and he was the only neurophysio at my local one. Oh, no. um, but he kind of still keeps in contact with me. So we sort of check up, but just um, over video call. Mm. But I'm waiting for treatment in London, a bit like more intensive kind of CBT and physio working together at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm just waiting on that. Is that at the um, inpatient program? No, it was meant to be to begin with. When I first had the consultation, mm. I, um, I said I would much prefer the inpatient one because I think it would just work generally better for me mm. and the outpatient like five weeks of going up to London which I'd have to get the train mm. and then staying somewhere having yeah. you know it, it's it's quite a lot I don't know how my body would cope with it mm. um but eventually they kind of said the outpatient treatment ha- was a shorter waiting list ah, okay. so which is a bit ironic because it's been a year since my consultation and that was a six-month waiting list and the inpatient one was a year oh so well maybe they've moved you across onto the inpatient one well I've also rung them and they can't (laughs) seem to find anything about me (laughs) oh so I'm kind of just on that at the moment I'm uh, (laughs) being one of the the pesty patients that keeps on ringing (laughs) (laughs) well I mean uh, I just uh, uh, hospitals are great and they are they're really good if you're in the right um postcode for them but sometimes it does go a bit peak tongue doesn't it what is going on like what what oh no (laughs) how is this possible um (laughs) so you're quite active on social media with your fnd and things what kind of not motivated what um inspired you let's go with inspired inspired you to start sharing your journey on social media I think after having the CBT and actually being able to talk about it, Mm. um, because obviously you have like your family and friends and I've, I would talk about with them, but not so in depth Yeah, and having that and kind of finding that maybe sharing my experience is helping other people because you just kind of take tips and advice and see what works for you. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, I'll I'll start this like the YouTube channel originally for Sassy FND Life to see just how it went in general, and and kind of did the introduction and introducing what FND was, hmm. and then the with like the social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter, and I find recently Twitter, you know, I've got a lot more involved in connecting with other people. Hmm. And it just. Oh, you still there? Quite nice to have you helping. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Oh, sorry, your connection dropped out. I caught part of that, but not all of it. Would you mind saying it again for me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, mainly just the the thought that maybe something in my videos or posts might help one person. Yeah. That could take something away from it. Yeah. Um, yeah 
and I think it's quite good for me as well to be honest to to get it all out there yeah you can just kind of you can say it how you're feeling it on the day and it's nice not having to necessarily explain yourself yeah every five minutes and oh it's just my brain being but you can just say you know what today is a rubbish day yeah and people get it and they don't they don't push you for anything they just let they let you know that they're there and although none of us have met in person you feel like you've got like another team with you to like support you and keep you going on your bad days yeah absolutely because yeah that's it you can just pop like something up to say that you're like you say you're having a rough time Hmm. and other people were instantly sort of you know either oh, I'm, I'm in the same boat or you know you, you you'll get through it mm. you know what it's like but yeah you know. I think that's that's really important but the you have to be so careful don't you that you don't end up comparing yourself to others who are maybe further along yeah exactly because you you never know what's gonna happen no like you know that they they might be further along but you could get there eventually as well and like you say comparing yourself just doesn't help it but it's also nice to hear success stories yeah completely but equally I I mean when I started mine I was like I'm going to be as transparent as I'm comfortable being because I think it's important to share those bad days as well like as much as we all love a success story and we all do love one it's also nice to see that everything isn't just a success all the time yeah like yes you might have a really good day but then you might have a really bad month but actually it's nice to to have that um true representation i guess of what's actually going on instead of the oh everything's perfect I'm doing absolutely fine sort yeah of approach yeah definitely I think I started it trying to be as positive as possible mm. and kind of just talking about oh that's that, that was my plan to talk about different symptoms and then the next video kind of showing how I, I cope with them mm. and then last June sort of time I had really bad time with um urine retention Mm. and I then I was doing videos kind of on that and it kind of that positive thing that I was trying to hold just dropped because mm. that's where I was at that point yeah but it also helped other people and it helped me because then you know I didn't know how to deal with that at the time mm. so people were giving me advice because I was just talking about it as how I was feeling trying to cope with it mm. But um, yeah, it's quite, it is good, like you say, for people to see that side of it as well. Yeah. And I mean, I've shared my fair share of ridiculous videos of me doing all sorts of random rubbish and looking, you know, lovely. Um, (laughs) But actually, I think if I'd seen those videos when I was first diagnosed, it would have really helped me. Yeah. Because I would have gone someone else is doing like it's the same as me like yes we might have different um reasons we might have different lives but someone else is I walk like that or I talk like that like it's such a it would have been such a reassuring thing for me to have just seen someone else 
in in a similar position not that i wish this on anyone but just in as a completely like i just want to know that there are other people with it that have yeah. the same symptoms as me that i can see and go huh i do that exactly <laughs> yeah it's knowing that you're not alone in it yeah and i feel like you get this sorry no go on. i have often like a, a daily battle of why is this happening and thinking you know that it's coming from my brain and my body's my body's doing this why is it and then like you say you suddenly think oh, actually this is happening to a lot of other people and it's, it's not just me but it's really hard sometimes to get out of that mindset of why can't I change this yeah and why is it now why has it suddenly appeared now like what why is it decided to rear its ugly head right now yeah. I'm in the middle of making a cake. Go away. Like, <laughs> it's that sort of thing, isn't it? But I think it's, it's obviously, we choose to share our, I'm going to say the word journey because Jack isn't here to moan at me for saying it. We, sh- we choose to share our journey with FND very publicly. And that is our choice. But it doesn't mean it's not scary to share it. No, no, exactly. You don't know the reaction you're going to get from it. No, and you don't know how far your video of you walking like a T-Rex is going to go. Yeah. You don't know how far across the world that's going to reach, and that can be quite daunting, especially when you're already feeling vulnerable and you're feeling low anyway because your brain's doing something weird, and then you're like, oh, well, you know, I'll be good and I'll share my current T-Rex walk. Yeah. Um, And you're like, oh, but someone might be laughing at me, and that's really hard to process how how have you found that side of it yeah i i have um recently because my the videos i was i was doing i hadn't kind of worried about them too much but the latest one that i kind of put out was about um being worried about gaining weight Mm. because i'm at i've been kind of bed bound for three weeks Mm. um and it was the first one I'd done that I thought I don't want people to to be like, you know, oh, you're not fat, you you know, and all because that's not what I was saying. Yeah. It's just that when you you're in this situation, you kind of think, you know, am I going to eventually gain weight, and then how am I going to lose it if I do because of such mm. limited mobility? Yeah. And it was kind of the first one I put out that I was like, I'm not sure how people are going to react to it. And I sent it to my partner and uh, he kind of, I said, like, what do you think of this? And he basically just said the point that I was trying to make. So I thought, okay, that's, that's good enough for me to, yeah. to feel like I, that's an okay video to, to put out. But it was the first one that I'd done with the worry of the reaction you might actually get from it. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, isn't it? Like we, we choose to share and we choose to share the truth of whatever it is our brain's currently doing. Um, but there's, you don't want to be, you don't want to be seen in a, a way that's, oh, you're just attention seeking. Cause that tends to go with the FND stuff, especially before your diagnosis. Oh, you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. You're yeah. choosing to do it and stuff like that. And I still am trying to deal with that. And my social media posts of, Dip, ebbed and flowed and dipped and um, peaked because I, I can't quite, it's still a battle I'm trying to deal with as to how do I put the information out there 
but without people thinking I'm doing this for the attention. I'm not doing it for the attention. I'm doing it because I want to help people. But there's a very fine line, isn't there, between the two? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I was doing lots of posts that it was a lot of sort of hashtag chronic illness and stuff. And I was thinking, is this too much? Like, are people... Yeah. getting fed up and I kind of did a different one that was almost like a, a conversation starter yeah. and it got no interaction at all mm. and I thought okay <laughs> that that's not the kind of thing people want to want to be talking about they do actually want to to talk about what what they're going through yeah. um but yeah it is like you say you don't want people to to think that you're attention seeking because that's not why you're doing it no it's just a really fine line to walk isn't it yeah yeah absolutely but let's move on to cheerier subjects shall we (laughs) (laughs) now we've uh now we've dissected the whole power of social media we'll move on to something else shall we (laughs) so um how do you manage your fnd on a day-to-day basis it well as you could probably tell it varies um (laughs) At at this stage, well, a couple of weeks ago, I I was having um I had like about eight seizures in a day, mm. and it was the first time that I'd had that many in in a long time, mm. and I felt absolutely exhausted. And my dad kind of was just lifting me up one step at a time, and then my partner carried me from the top of the stairs into my my room. Mm. And from then I'd spent two weeks just not being able to get out of the bed. Mm. So it was a case of, because my mum's my full-time carer. Yeah. Um, she was bringing, you know, just to have a wash, bringing bowls and everything to me. Yeah. Because I didn't even have the energy to get into the transit wheelchair. Mm. And so it can kind of go from that to then I can get up walking with a frame into the shower because now I've got I've just recently got a wet room oh how exciting I know it's lovely (laughs) it's so much easier (laughs) um so and and before like Christmas time I was just kind of up wobbly walking around just kind of holding on to stuff but Mm. getting into the bathroom you know just on my own as and when I wanted to whereas at the moment it's very much a I need to call someone when I want to get there yeah. just in case something happens yeah um but yeah it's it, I suppose it, it's kind of like a, you wake up and it depends how you feel that day mm. I, I I do have months where I have really really good times of just being able to to get around fairly well and have the occasional fall or anything but um mm. I, I think with having the wet room done that's that's made such a massive difference because even just I had a bath lifter before that Mm. but getting onto that was such an effort so just being able to walk straight in there and have a shower takes that (laughs) that that little bit of effort but makes a massive difference yeah I, I can I don't have a wet room but I completely agree especially when I'm having a bad day the idea of standing in a shower I'm I'm like oh my god no it's far too tiring yeah, yeah. Stay upright for that long and coordinate my limbs and wash my hair <laughs> and not slip over and remember what I'm meant to be doing. I've done that before. I've been in the shower and gone, what am I doing? <laughs> That's always fun. Uh, yeah. It's just, I think it's those little things, isn't it, that you just, 
a shower is a shower until it's not just a shower, until it's a massive marathon to get to the shower, let alone in the shower, then out the shower, then dry your hair and then do whatever else is you've got, you've got to do. It becomes such a big task. Exactly. It's, I mean, like today, I'll be having a shower later, but that is my main thing mm. <laughs> that I, I would have accomplished today, yeah. having a shower. I mean, other than this, you're doing a fab job on this, so don't take that. I mean, that that was why I actually sort of said to you, this is is just an audio thing, isn't it? Because I I haven't had my shower yet. (laughs) No, I'm I'm very, it's definitely just an audio thing. It's all good. There is no way I can possibly see what's going on. Absolutely fine. Um, But I think it is just that whole, like, some days having a shower is just too much. Yeah like just get the stairs oh my god the stairs the stairs and i have a love-hate relationship i don't know about you but my my god i hate them some days they're horrible oh bless you and i mean i don't mean to make you jealous but yesterday i had a stair lift fitted oh my god (laughs) i know um because i i'd had a, a few weeks ago i had a seizure on the stairs and my arm was all caught up in the rail and it's not the first i've had on the stairs oh bless you and um you know it's so uncomfortable especially with with my neck because you're in such an awkward position yeah um but i i had like an intermediate care team come out and there was an occupational therapist on there and they kind of didn't want to do any housing adaptions because they didn't want it to then um make me decline even more because i was then reliant on them Mm. um but then i had another occupational therapist come out that my neurophysio um asked him to see me and he said you know it's not safe if you have a seizure at the top of those stairs it's or no and I'd had a seizure in the bath and luckily my mum was up here but she came in and I was under the water oh my god and he was like you know you your your risk yeah. is too high mm. so if it hadn't been for him this wouldn't have happened yeah. so you know always grateful to my physio and for him to for making this happen for me because I'm also getting a, a ramp out the front which is what I was saying that the builders were here that got rained off this uh. morning <laughs> <laughs> they're putting a ramp out the front door for me because we've had that widened and one out the back door so I can just go straight out in my chair oh that will be good I think it's things like that that you just don't realize do you like the the difference it can make just knowing that you by yourself can get in and out of your house when you want yeah must make such a difference to you absolutely I mean I haven't been out on my own since November 2018 blimey because and I I mean even when this happens I don't know how I'm going to feel because if something happens while I'm out Mm. I'm not sure you know (laughs) what would happen but it's nice to, to have that option I mean even if I just decide because I've got a shop quite close if I just thought well I'm just going to go to the shop yeah. and back again and you know be able to do that mm. it yeah just having that option there yeah. and so like the, the weight of my chair my poor mum trying to lift the chair out the door and down the step yeah it's just not good for her either no it just makes things it just smooths things over doesn't it it stops it being extra admin and it just means that you can go and do what you want to do. That's yeah. what I've always felt like. I always felt like, take, 
taking me out in the wheelchair was just a lot of extra admin for anyone that wanted to go out with me. Oh, no. I've become such a complicated person to move. And I was like, what is that? What? I'm not giving you anything. By the time you've got me up, by the time I've got dressed and worked out, I shouldn't wear shorts, it's winter. And then, you know, there's a wheelchair to contend with and then that's got extra buttons and it collapses in different ways. Then it's fitting it in a car. Then it's putting all the extra bits in the car. Then it's getting me in the car. And then that's even before you've left. Uh, yeah just so it became so much admin and I, I I always felt really bad whenever someone would try and offer to take me out and I'd be like no because I'm just a bit of, I'm just a bit too much admin like I, I don't mean to be but I just am <laughs> yeah I totally understand that feeling because it, uh, it people sort of like if you say oh we're going out and I'm like well I'm I need to take this chair and you kind of feel like is that okay but yeah. also if it's not okay I can't come <laughs> yeah you're like asking permission but not really asking permission going well it's got to happen if you want me there yeah and it just happen anyway um but it, I think it's just kind of it's all these things that you don't you don't even consider when you don't need it when you, don't, need it, you don't think about the fact that you know you might need a ramp to get in and out of your house. You don't think about the bigger car you might need to put the wheelchair in or the extra padding because the wheelchair is uncomfortable or, you know, yeah, whatever it yeah. might be. You just don't, Definitely. You don't think about it because it's not in your sphere of reference. And that's not a criticism. It's just a, actually, until you're in that situation, do we ever truly know what's, what needs to happen? Yeah. Yeah, you don't, do you? Like... You don't until you're there. No, I mean the the one of the really annoying things I found out when I'm going out in my chair is that the amount of drop curbs that there aren't. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and I'm sort of you go down a drop curb and then you look at the other side and you're like, I'm not going to get up that side. <laughs> so you're going along the road and you're like waiting for another drop curb and then there's a car coming and you think, where's a drop curb? <laughs> Uh, the number of times that has happened to me, I could count on more than two two hands. Um, <laughs> you, and you end up just going, you know what? I'm just not going to go out in my chair here. Exactly. Or, That's what puts me off. <laughs> yeah. Or I will just have to go in the middle of the road and we'll just have to hope we don't get hit by a car. Yep. Um, no, exactly. I don't have another option. Um, and yeah. you've, then you come across the, the pavements that are always at a slight... Um, like on a slight hill yes and they're never flat and you're like this is so much extra work to push a wheelchair when you're at an angle yeah it's heavy enough without me in it let alone with me in it and, at an angle, <laughs> and there's no drop curb and I can't get back up and I'm in the middle of a bus lane <laughs> I do find that even in my, my motorized chair and it's just like a camber and I feel I'm like I'm going to fall out of this myself <laughs> <in a tip. laughs> but I mean all wheelchairs have a seatbelt but I think I only actually used my seatbelt of my wheelchair a handful of times and that was when I was really concerned I was going to undergo absolutely flying down something and I was like you know what I'm just going to strap in and pretend it's a roller coaster ride <laughs> put my hands up and scream and it'll be fun <laughs> but it's just oh it's just mind-boggling isn't it all the stuff that goes alongside this condition that is so common yet no one knows about yeah like, yeah it blows my mind i uh, know it's all, all these added things <laughs> and it's, it's things you wouldn't necessarily even think about like the stairs or a drop curve or a ramp or 
the height of a bath. Oh my god, the number of times I've been caught out by the height of a blooming bathtub. <laughs> I can only get my legs so high. I can't get over that. What are you playing at? I've been like, thrown in in the attempt to have a wash. It's ridiculous. Um, it's things that you don't really even they don't register as a potential problem until you're staring at it going how the fudge am i meant to get in that bath when i can't raise my leg that high and there's, yeah. and there's no handle for me to hold on to and i'm going to go flat on my face and it's slippery and um there's not enough room for me to lay on the floor in case i have a seizure but i need i'm kind of feeling like i'm gonna have a seizure and now it's really hot and it's just that constant like tumbling of things that you're like oh my god what am i gonna do yeah yeah definitely I feel like I said that all really quickly so apologies <laughs> I think I went on a ramble you just you needed to get that out I think I, I clearly have been holding on to that for quite some time and just needed to let it all out <laughs> so thinking about all the random bits and bobs that you just don't think about until they're smacking you in the face what would be sort of like your top bits of advice or like one or more pieces of advice that you would give to someone that's newly diagnosed oh oh it's so I've, hard I've, I've saved the best question till last yeah <laughs> <laughs> I always kind of say that it's it's taking it it is it's a one day at a time kind of thing and hmm. just when you come across a hurdle just do them one at a time. Don't I try and gonna, take take I'm, too much on at once. See, and I was going to say, just smack straight into them and hope for the best. If that's <laughs> not the best bit of advice, please ignore me. Listen to Sarah, she's far. More than I, am. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's a good piece of advice, just taking it slowly and one day at a time. I mean, for me with mine, I take it hour by hour and... Because my brain does some weird stuff when it wants to. So I'm very much at the mercy and I will adapt my day hour to hour. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been, when you first wake up, are you ever worried about talking for the first time just in case your speech is gone? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes I actually dream about it. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, did that happen during the night? And... <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to talk normally today or is it going to go wrong? <laughs> I do that. I'll wake up and I'll go, okay, just don't say anything. Don't say anything in the hope that maybe it will go away. Yeah. Three years in and I'm still hoping it will just go away. Clearly um. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's those little things, isn't it? Like taking it one day at a time. Don't try and smack into the hurdles like I suggest. Take them one at a time at a leisure. Yeah. Just be kind. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> I need to be better at that. Um, yeah, it's things like that, though, isn't it? And I think everyone's journey with it is very different, and everyone has different symptoms, and everyone has different triggers and stuff like that. But actually, your advice of one hurdle at a time and see how you go is applicable across the board to anyone regardless yeah. of what the condition even if it's not fnd i think that's applicable across to to lots of people and it's a good bit of advice i probably need to start listening to it i'm gonna <laughs> try and do that um i like to just see what will happen as i crash into barriers and see you know who knows i, I might get over it one day um, <laughs> 
but yeah so thank you very much for coming on and talking to me um it's been lovely chatting to you and now i know i have an anniversary buddy which is very exciting yes yes it's good to know <laughs> but yes thank you for coming on thank you for sharing your story with me um and i will catch you guys next time on talking it out loud thanks for listening everyone thank you